0: the German artillery preparation, artillery fired before an attack to interrupt communications and muddle the enemy's defense, began at 0440 on January 15th and was followed by a company of Major Kraft's Battalion charging downhill into the villages from the woods where its presence had been detected earlier on. Bootsdorf was surrounded and penetrations were made into Tettingen, despite all the artillery, mortar, machine gun and small arms fire the Americans could raise. After two hours of this firefight, the machine gun ammunition was running so low that Corporal Donald W. Krieger, the transportation NCO of D Company, volunteered to run back to Vohern to collect some more. He returned safely with 64,000 rounds loaded on his vehicle being the first soldier to make the journey between the two villages on a road presumably now clear of mines. The firing eased off with daybreak, by which time the supporting mortars in Vohern had fired off 4,000 rounds, and by 07.55 all firing had ceased. The snow around the villages was dotted with the bodies of dead and wounded. Medical aid man Private Milton A. Welch went forward to investigate and found some 30 to 35 German soldiers still alive but bleeding and freezing to death. These men were hastily evacuated for treatment. Patrols then rounded up another 60 prisoners from the surrounding area. It was estimated that the German battalion had lost three-quarters of its strength in the attack. C-Company veterans, then-Privates First Class Robert Trefsker of the 3rd Platoon, and Herman Thornton of the Fourth Platoon later put together the following account of their part in this action at the western end of Tettingen. Bob Trefsker starts off The attack on Tettingen on january fourteenth, nineteen forty five by the first battalion of the three hundred seventy sixth Infantry Regiment found the town to be virtually undefended. There were very few casualties. The west end of Tettingen consisted of a single road along a very broad-crested east-west-trending ridge. There were houses on both sides of the road, and the third squad was assigned to occupy and defend the last house at the west end of town, a short distance from the northeast corner of the woods, Monkey Wrench Woods. Like most of the houses in Tettingen, it was a two-story stone masonry farmhouse with space for farm equipment, and stable barn areas for farm animals on the ground floor. Everything had been removed, including the windows and the wooden window frames. Only the rectangular window openings in the masonry walls remained. Inside the house, we all felt pretty secure, as it was like a two-story fort, and it would have taken a direct hit from artillery to hurt us. We had a great view of the snowy fields to the south, to the dragon's teeth and the woods beyond. Across the road to the northeast, we could see the southeast corner of a large apple orchard, which extended at least a few hundred feet to the north and west. Beyond the orchard, to the north and northwest, we could see open, snow-covered fields, and beyond the fields was a large clump of woods, about 1,000 yards to the north-northwest. A light machine-gun squad from the fourth platoon then took up position on the eastern edge of the northern part of the apple orchard about 60 feet west of one of the houses fronting a north-trending side road. Herman Thornton, who was in the 4th Platoon's light machine gun section, takes up the tail. Sergeant Weiser got us started digging in as quickly as possible, but we soon realized that it wouldn't be an easy job. The ground was frozen solid. As soon as we could chip through a little of the surface of the ground, we started to employ our blocks of TNT, extras of which had been brought forward in anticipation of the problem. Every few minutes, someone would give the shout, fire in the hole, that was required before setting off a charge. The deeper we got, the more effective each half-pound block was. We didn't need anyone to prod us on, as just after we started digging, mortar fire and 88 millimeter artillery started raining down on the town. The 88s came in rapidly and could be heard coming but the mortar shells gave no warning until just before impacting, a slight wishing sound could be heard. Most shells were directed into the town, but a few hit among our positions. One or two guys received wounds, but in most respects we got through the day pretty well.